I'm ready. Let's do it. Welcome, one and all, to episode 283 of the Mars Attacks podcast. I'm your host, Victor. And for this episode, we bring you hour one of July of the July 15th Signals from Mars live stream. For those that don't know, I do the Signals from Mars live stream every Friday at a new time. Used to do the fireside, then hop on over, but now we're just doing everything on the same platform so that you can check it out on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, on Twitch, a bunch of other platforms all at the same time. And the show starts at, for me, it starts at 11 p.m. For those in the UK, it starts at 10 p.m. For those of you that are on the East Coast of the U.S., it is 5 p.m. your time, and on the West Coast, it is uh, three hours less, so that's 2 p.m. on the West Coast. But anyway, so yeah, so the usual routine is doing new releases. Uh, I have, for this show, I have Jeremy Weltman in the UK, Mr. Patron's Pick. I also have Johan up in Sweden, and Brad, who joins us a little later on, from Utah, who just retired. Congrats to Brad uh, on his long poison control career. Maybe we could start that uh, side podcast up now that I'd mentioned, uh, telling all the great poison control stories. Anyway, so the episode is going to be us just recapping new releases, uh, Jeremy's patron's pick, which we're probably going to do live from now on, and just a bunch of other subjects that have come up uh, during the week before we recorded this. The subjects covered include new tracks by Skid Row, Disturbed, Arch Enemy, and David Ellison's new death metal band, Deeth. I guess that's how that's pronounced. D-I-E-T-H, Dieth, maybe. We also talk about the Pantera rumors. And uh, yeah, so that's just what you have in store for this episode. Want to thank you for listening and check this out. If you want to join us on Fridays for that first hour, become a patron. Patreon.com forward slash Mars Attacks Podcast. Two bucks gets you in. Check it out. Welcome, one and all, to the Friday, July 15th edition of the Signals from Mars live stream. This is hour one. Joining me this week, once again, is Johan up in Sweden. Johan, how are you? Thank you, sir. I'm very good. And we have Jeremy a little farther south in uh, England. How are you, sir? Yeah, very well. Thanks. Very well. Awesome. So uh, another Friday is here, another batch of new releases, and another batch of uh, topics to uh, discuss with you guys. 
So um, real quickly, just want to go through the new releases here. I wrote about uh, Italian band uh, Sick and Beautiful's new release, Starstruck, an album that I'm surprised that uh, Frontiers released, given the fact that it's more of an industrial uh, metal album. They have been kind of branching out lately, although they said that they were going to focus more on you know, their bread and butter, but uh, I guess they haven't done that yet. But anyway... Uh, I would recommend this to anyone that's into Marilyn Manson or In This Moment or Rob Zombie, Power Man 5000, Nine Inch Nails, that type of thing. So it's right up my alley. I know that not everyone enjoys that kind of stuff. But but yeah, so out of all the things that I listened to, it was kind of the one that jumped out at me. Uh, I listened to a little bit of the uh, Beck and Johnny Depp album, which came out today, Alan Parsons. God is an Astronaut from Ireland, Sinner, which I listened to yesterday, Senses Fail, Tombs, Jack Stars, Burning Star, Inhuman Condition, Fellowship, Critical Defiance, Screeching Weasel, uh, Metal Lucifer, Mantar, Rain City Drive, Echoes, Behold the Monolith, Palace, Antigamma, Ian Lurton's Future Now, I guess how it's pronounced, and Hissing. EPs that came out today are Innova Skyway, which got good uh, a good response on Patreon. Uh, Laces Out, which uh, no, I thought I mentioned it before, but I guess I looked at it so many times today that I thought it was listed twice. Reissues from the Beastie Boys, Check Your Head, which is one of my favorites by them. Entombed. And Primal Fear reissued their first album. Live albums by Anthrax, that Anthrax Excel album that uh, we've discussed several times on Patreon, which to me is a missed opportunity. You build us up with all of these past members showing them the documentary. And then when it comes time to do the uh, 40th anniversary show to go along with the documentary, you don't have any of them. Uh, another live album by uh, Orianthi and uh, a compilation, which is a digital only release. It is Rage Against the Machine, live and rare. Um, a few things that, um, and actually, before I jump over to this, um, any releases that stick out to you guys that you want to check out? Uh, yeah, uh, I listened to the new um, Arch Enemy song. Okay. Yesterday. Okay, uh, we'll talk about that in a second, Johan. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> no problem. Uh, Jeremy, any of these that stand out to you? And I know that you wanted to do a live patron's pick as well. So uh, Yeah, well, just with, with the ones you just mentioned, I mean, I'll probably go through most of them over the next week or so. The Alan Parsons will be quite interesting to have a listen to because I have I think I read something about that uh, a few days ago and it was quite rated. So, you know, it's quite interesting to pick up on something that somebody else think it, thinks is good. Um, but, yeah, I'll, I'll listen to most on that list. Um, nothing sort of strikes me as, you know, above anything else, but but I'll give them all a, give them all a go as normal. But a lot of times, even though there are a few, like, for example, with the- from other sources, 
and I'll listen to as many as I can, just picking out various tracks and see which ones I listen that I like. And and you're right, you know, I, I should have picked the Journey album because it is a nine nine out of ten album. I've, I've got the vinyl, and it's a it's a fantastic album. It, it's um it's got some great you know great songs on it. It's it's a great AOR album. But then you know what I thought. Well, most of the Journey fans are going to pick it up anyway. Um, everyone knows Journey, so you know you know what you're going to get with Journey. But you need to hear something new. So I went right. through the I went through the list again, and there's a few others on there. I mean, I listened to the Crossing Rubicon album. That's called Perfect Perfect Storm. That was you know it was very safe melodic rock. Um, can't say that it's something that I was going to put in the agents pick slot then i listened to an album it was really good sort of prog rock uh, in a sort of deep purple style uh it was by a band called sweet freedom uh that's on the melodic passion records and it's strange title it's actually called according to jürgen schellander um, but, but i highly recommend it it's uh, very well produced uh it's got some really good songs on it very well worth a listen but it wasn't patron's pick it, uh, it nearly made it. So what is Patrons Pick this week? Well, it's an album by the band called Dead Tired. Uh, it's, um, it's called Satan Will Follow You Home. Uh, and I don't know if you know the band uh, at all, but they're a hardcore punk band from Canada. Uh, there's some members in there that are with uh, Alexis on Fire and Born Wrong. Um, okay. They brought out a self-titled debut, then a sort of a series of um, EPs. Uh, I really, it was new to me. I didn't know much about them at all, um, but I was blown away by it. You know, it was real sort of mosh bit aggression album. Uh, uh, if you like that sort of thing, so you know, it's not for everyone, but there was quite a lot of melody in there. Um, a lot of direction in the songwriting and it was one to really sort of, you know, bash your head to at the end of a, end of a Friday. So, um, patrons pick this week is a bit of an SI pick, but it, it's uh, it's the album by Dead Tired, and it's Satan will follow you home. Wow, was not expecting that at all. See that <laughs> that that is uh, awesome. When when Jeremy uh, gives us one of those uh, curveballs, uh, where we're we're expecting him to come right down the middle with Journey or Clean Break or one of those, and there you go, uh, awesome. Um, I didn't get a chance to listen to that one, but now I will. And I saw that Johan was writing something down, so maybe he was writing that down to check out. So, see that? <laughs> um, I want to uh, real quickly here. I want to say hello to uh, Rob Rowe in the chat. Uh, he's saying that he's waiting for his uh, burnt copy of Just Push Play, the reissue. <laughs> Jeremy saying that he would rather burn his toes a few weeks ago than listen to that album again. <laughs> and also want to uh, welcome Mr. Brad Dahl to the show as well. I know you've been under the weather. hope you're doing a little better today. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Victor. Yeah, I'm actually kind of oh, sluggy today. I don't know. I don't know. This has really hit me hard. Um, but it's good to see you guys. Good to see you. Uh, good to see you on. And, of course, good to see Jeremy and good to see you. So, so Jeremy, yeah, I'm intrigued by your patron's pick there. Uh, <laughs> Satan will follow you home, huh? 
Yeah, I'm not sure it's in your sort of ballpark, but you know, give it a go. <laughs> yeah, you know me well, and I, I, I appreciate that. I'd give it a listen though. Anything that you like, I, I is definitely worth listening to. And hey, hey to Bob out there. Good to see Bob with us. Uh, that's pretty cool. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 Bob. I, I was actually thinking of coming to St. Louis this last week to see the Dodgers there, and um, just I, I just wasn't up for. It. I just couldn't go. Um, but it would have been fun and hopefully to see you as well. So, uh, next time, next time, St. Louis. Good, good thing is they go out to St. Louis several times a year. Actually, they only go once. Uh, although I, I hear the schedule's changing next year. They're going to be doing weird things with it, but we, we don't want to get off on a baseball talk here. Let's talk music. Um, I do think, I don't know if Judas Priest, I think they're playing somewhere in Missouri on their next leg. Uh, I didn't recognize the name of the town. Maybe it's a suburb of St. Louis. Uh, of course, you know, I've, I've promised to take Bob to see uh, Judas Priest if they come to that neck of the woods. So I got to look, I got to look into that a little bit more. Awesome. So um, there were a few different new tracks that I'd listed that came out this week by some prominent bands. And there was one band that Jeremy, you mentioned Mm. Um, let's, uh, let's take a stab at that first. Uh, David Ellison reappears with a new band, a death metal band that is put together from members of other, uh, pretty well known bands. And, um, Jeremy, you, you brought it up. What, what did you think of the track? Did you get a chance to listen to it? And, and what's your initial thought? Yeah, I did. Um, I mean, it, Obviously, it was, a, it was a very growly vocal, um, which you kind of was going to. I was kind of expecting that with, you know, the description of the band. Uh, I thought the um, there was some decent production on it. I thought it was uh, well produced. I thought it was quite ex- quite an exciting track. It was a bit in the sort of um, you know when Testament do their growly stuff. It kind of right. reminded me a little bit of that. Um, I thought it was something to go on. It was something that, you know, I thought I want to hear a bit more from the band, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't blowing me, blowing me away. I just thought, yeah, Dave's there. You know, it's nice to see him playing again. Uh, it's nice he's formed a band. They seem proficient at what they're doing. Um, but there was nothing there that was sort of blowing me and, and sort of saying, well, you know, I'll play again and again. Um, but, you know, Let's let's hear some more from from the band. You know, it was just maybe an initial track, a bit like the sort of Queen's right discussion we've had recently. You know, is it the, their best track or is it just a track they've released? You know, we'll we'll wait and see. Right. Okay. Yeah. And the other two members are Guillaume Miranda, who was in in Tomb Day D, and the drummer is Mikhail uh, Lyseko, who was from Decapitated. So yeah. I. The band is claiming that they're based in Poland, which is interesting. Um, but uh, according to the press release, it says Elfson, Miranda, Lyseko uh, pushed beyond the stereotypes of their genres to create charismatic new sound, one which is rich with inventive guitar riffs, tight drum grooves, technical prowess, guttural vocals, and catchy melodies serving as the passageway for their declaration. So um, we'll see. I mean, along the lines of what you said to me, Jeremy, yeah, I don't think they're reinventing anything for sure. 
Um, I'm interested to see what else uh, they're going to release and and if the rest of the album will sound like this or or if we'll get any sort of variation. Uh, Johan, did he did you get a chance to listen to this? Okay. Uh, no, no, I didn't. No. Okay. Brad, I'm assuming you did not either, because I yeah, I, I haven't had a chance to listen to it. I'm I'm going to guess that it's going to be uh, something I'm not going to vocally enjoy, maybe right. musically, but not, mm-hmm. not vocally. I'll okay. certainly listen to it. I, mean, I don't know if I'll give it the Victor M. Ruiz two listens, but I will give it a one. <laughs> okay. Um, next, uh, Johan already mentioned that he got to listen to the new Arch Enemy track. Uh, what did you think of that? Uh, uh, ooh. What did I think of that? I like it. It's good. Uh, and when I heard the song, immediately the first time I heard it, it was uh, the riff during the... Uh, uh, they, he, Michael Amott stole a riff from... Uh, oh, I must. I wrote it down on my telephone. Um, <laughs> in the verse, okay. Uh, the riff is uh, "No Easy Way Out" from the Rocky uh, soundtrack. Haven't you guys thought about that? From the Not Rocky yet. soundtrack, you're saying? <laughs> yeah. Robin Tepper. Okay. Uh, Do you know what you know, you know the song? I don't know the song. Does anyone know the song? I think I've heard it. Yeah. What? You don't know that song? Okay. That's a home lesson for your boys. Um, <laughs> listen to uh, that song. <laughs> and immediately that struck me uh, that they are doing a uh, 80s metal thing again and uh, this time they they choose the Robin Tepper I don't know Robin oh whatever but uh, I, I really would have liked that they had chosen some clean vocals again as we always say about Arch Enemy but if they do that I think that they will go to the next level immediately but that's their way to to perceive things. But yeah, yeah, and that's interesting thing to hear what you guys think about the song. I have heard it, I don't know, three times perhaps. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's interesting you say that because I've had a very uh, prominent player say to me behind the scenes, uh, "I can't listen to Arch Enemy, any of the new Arch Enemy stuff, because it's the same formula." I'm angry for the verse and I'm happy for the chorus. And they told me, you know, I'm not, they're not giving me anything that I'm not expecting from them. And it's funny because I was listening to the track and I kept thinking, if she switches to clean vocals, the song is going to take off. If she switches and there's one spot for like two seconds where she sings something clean and it's back to the growling again. And I'm like, Ah, it's such a missed opportunity, I think. It's it's just so, so, so weird. But uh, Jeremy, did you get a chance to listen to the song? 
Yeah, and, and to be honest, I'm echoing exactly what you guys have just said. Um, I, mean, I mean, I wrote down uh, a little generic. So, you know, getting in what sort of Johan's saying there a little bit about the, you know, the, the riffing. And, and then I, I put it, it's a nice combination of melody, but there's a little bit too much growling. And, you know, do they do bands not understand what we're kind of saying? You know, I mean, we're, we're, the, we're guys out there listening to the music. Surely there's a lot of other people like us hoping that they will just ditch growling and just sing the song because, you know, it, it could be so so much better but I, you know overall i, I kind of like the song and and you know but i just think it could have gone from the championship to the premiership by just um you know by just singing there's nothing yeah. wrong with singing a song i I, th- I think there's there's a real stigma uh, johan and actually uh jeremy i don't know if you've noticed this but i've noticed this with fans here well, they'll distinctly tell you, well, this is metal and that's heavy metal. And heavy metal is for old people and metal is for young people. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if that's Michael and Angela, who still has a firm grasp on the band uh, because she's still their manager. If that's the way that they want to direct the ship because they want them to still be considered a, a metal band. But um I don't know. It's just a a weird choice where, you know, you pick a vocalist who can obviously sing clean stuff. She's a great clean singer. She's sung with Trans-Siberian Orchestra, with Camelot, um, with The Agonist, obviously, before this. And she's been working on a solo album for like 10 years now since she joined the band. Um, But I don't know. We've we've heard the one song with clean singing. I, I don't know if we'll... If, if, if we'll uh, hear any more of that or not, uh, we'll see. We'll have to wait till the album comes out. The album was supposed to be out already, but they changed the date like the week before they switched the date up. Uh, I, I don't know the original date in my head. I don't know if it was going to coincide with another album that maybe was going to, you know, uh, they felt was going to be too much competition for them. So they switched it to later on or, or what the story was. But uh, Johan, what do you have there? Yeah, just to be uh, not not to be to be a little bit clearer, the the riff that I was going for is Robert Tepper from Rocky Four, uh, "No Easy Way Out," one of the biggest songs from that album. Uh, okay. that was the riff that I was talking about. Just okay. uh, thing. yeah, thank you. It wouldn't be surprising if he's seen the movie or heard the soundtrack many times, and maybe he didn't even. He maybe it wasn't conscious, you know, because a lot of times you hear something, you don't realize it and you start to write a melody. And it, oh, and it he's, con- he's conscious in this one, because if you <laughs> if you hear the guitar sound on this one and the old version, it's it's, uh, you know, it's conscious. OK, and it's fun. It's good. It's, it's great. It's great <laughs> of him to do that. Yeah. OK. Did anyone get to hear the new Disturbed song? Yes. Okay. The song is uh, called Hey You. Um, Jeremy, what did you think of the track? Okay, so 
I come from this as not a massive Disturbed fan. I kind of got okay. into them a little bit because my wife got into The Sound of Silence and then made me buy the album. And I listened to the album, then listened to a lot of the older stuff that they did. And sort of like, you know, I kind of like them, but not not a lot. Anyway, I listened to the, this uh, this song and I really liked it. I thought it was something that I wanted to play several times. It It had a strange key to it. Um, mm-hmm. I thought there was um, it was slightly off on the key, but it was very melodic, and I thought that the vocal sounded quite, and the song itself sounded quite like a D. Snyder song. So mm-hmm. I'd suggest you go back and listen to it. And just picture D. Snyder singing it because <laughs> I, I kind of did. And I got that sort of impression, um, but I, I liked it overall. I thought it was a good song. Cool. Um, it's funny because I really think the song. Sounds like something that could have come off of their second album. Um, I haven't been keen, although I picked up um, not their last album, but the one before on vinyl because I really like the lead single for that. But there have been a few albums there where, you know, I, I liked a lot of their earlier music, but then, you know, it just seemed like they were doing the same thing over and over again. But this song, I mean, it sounded okay. It sounds promising. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see where it goes after this. Uh, Johan or Brad, did you get a chance to listen to this song? It's called Hey You and it's by Disturbed. Okay, Johan is saying no. Brad? I, I was actually just listening to it as uh, uh, Jeremy was talking, and Jeremy's totally on point there uh, about it um, uh, sounding a bit like something D. Snyder would do now. Uh, but I, I thought it sounded all right. I, I would love to give it another listen. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. I got to respond to Jeremy there. Okay. Um, I, I thought it was all right. Uh, I mean, I've, I've not really spent a lot of time listening to Disturb, so I can't really comment on their catalog. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll give it another listen. <laughs> Rob Rowe is saying not enough monkey sound for me. That is interesting because my, my kids call um david draymond of disturbed and and jonathan davis of uh of corn they keep telling me why do they keep trying to sound like the cookie monster when they sing <laughs> so i get i get what you're saying rob um last year um the new skid road track we heard uh the title track first and then now they've released a second track, which is called, trying to pull this up, I guess I, I should have had it. Uh, Tear it down. Tear it down. Okay, thank you. Um, what do you guys think of the track? Did you guys all uh, get to hear this track or, or who, who got to hear it? Let's see. Okay, all three of you guys. All right, Johan, what did you think of the track? Hmm. Oh, it's good. Sounds like uh, a rat to me, but that's a good thing. So, yeah, it's a good track. Okay. Nothing spectacular, but yeah, Mm -hmm. great. Good song. Okay. Brad, your thoughts? Yeah, I I don't like it as much as I like the first single, um, but, you know, maybe with repeated listens, uh, this will grow on me. I... I, I think they sound great. 
I, I think th these guys are really on the, the right path with what they're doing. Um, I guess the real question is, what are they doing? You know, <laughs> I mean, at this at this point, I, as much as I'm I'm going to buy this album when it comes out, but how right. much are they really going to play off of this album? Are they going to try to embrace Eric and and actually play like four songs off of this album, or can they? Because uh, they're kind of tied to their past catalog, their first couple of albums. And right. I did. I mean, when I saw them warm up for uh, Scorpions, pretty much everything was off of the first two albums, and maybe a couple, one or two songs up the third album. Uh, but and they were fantastic, just mm -hmm. unbelievably fantastic. And they did play the single as well. And alive, it came across uh, just really, really well. Mm -hmm. So I, I like what they're doing. I, I'm I'm excited to see them uh, after this album comes out and see see what they're putting out there. Okay, Jeremy, your thoughts? Yeah, I pretty much agree with the guys, and also with with what Bob's just put, it's decent, not terrible, because I think he summed it up perfectly. Um, it's a decent track, um, but it's nothing, you know, nothing special. I think the um, the new Skid Row, to me, they sound like um, a sort of a rocked-up Bon Jovi. Uh, they sound like what Bon Jovi should be doing, um, and, you know, playing sort of like proper classic hard rock. And it's enjoyable stuff, but it's, it's nothing special. But I agree with Brad. The first track I like better than this one but having said that there's nothing wrong with this one and I, I really like the singer and I'm going to just test my Swedish and pronounce his name uh, so um, Johan's going to laugh his head off but I think it's he's, you pronounce it what is it Eric Grunval Grunval <laughs> no there you go he's laughing his head off you're <laughs> Grunval there you go that's the proper pronunciation Grunval. say after me please Go on. Yeah, Grönval. 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 There we go. I don't know. In Utah, we'd pronounce it. Well, of course, we pronounce stuff wrong all over the place here. So that's one of the beauty th uh, beauties of living here in Utah is you can pronounce things any way you want. Nobody has a problem with it because nobody really knows how to pronounce things. So, <laughs> so come well, on over, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, but what we can all agree on is he's a great singer. So you know they've found something yes. great there. Yeah, yeah, he's he, he's an unbelievable singer live. I mean, I I I just kept shaking my head, going, "This can't be real." What he's doing, and he does it effortlessly. Uh, the one thing is, he's he's a little weird on stage. I mean, he kind of he moves kind of odd. Um, and I mean that's him. So there, there you go. I don't. I, I'm not going to say he needs to change what he what he does, but he's very personable. Uh, I, when I saw him, he was down in the crowd a lot, shaking hands and uh, really just mixing with the people. I, I mean he 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 was a front man. You know, he didn't just stand there and sing. He was all over the place. And he, if you hadn't seen that band before, even if you have, it's like you you wouldn't know he wasn't the lead singer of that band. He he was just for real. Uh, right. So I, I I applaud him a lot, and I would uh, I'd put him on my short list of guys I would want if I was starting a band. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I don't think that Eric, uh, you know, he doesn't come from metal or hard rock. He's uh, he could be a singer in any band. So I guess that's why I agree with you, Brad. He doesn't move like a 
like we are used to see singers. He's, uh, I mean, he, he could be a singer in a pop band or whatever, because he's just a singer. He's not, he, he's not from metal. That's my opinion. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but he, he fit right in. I mean, it was just like a perfect, a perfect mesh there of, of uh, him and that band. And you could tell the band was very happy as well. It was just, a, I, and I've never been a big Skid Row guy. And I, I, and I saw them with their past singer. Um, what, what, help me out here, Victor. What's his name? Z something. ZP3. Yeah, ZP3 or CP3O or whatever. Uh, that guy, that guy could sing, but he, as a frontman, he didn't fit. He he just, I mean, it was like he sat there going, "Yeah, these are Skid Row songs," and it was almost like a cover band. Where Eric in the band, it doesn't feel like a cover band at all. It feels like this is the band. So, mm-hmm. I mean, the guy, the guy is nailing it both vocally and um, just personality-wise. He he really fits. Cool. Jeremy, you were going to say something? No, only just to say that the three of us might even have the chance to see them in Liverpool if we all get there at the same time. Because I know, Brad, you were thinking of coming over in October and Johan was also saying October. So you never know. The three of us could be, because uh, they're playing Liverpool around the end of October. So um, you never know. All right. Shoot me a date. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to extend my stay there in in uh, England, either at the front end or the back end of the cruise. So uh, we'll, we'll let me know. Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll do. There's some <laughs> some other bands on with them as well. So it's a there's four bands on. I think Winger are on with with them. Yeah. So it's uh, well that that would get my wife there, and just like that, she's a <laughs> huge Winger fan, which I I am too. I they're so good live. Really, really good. Have you ever seen them? No, not yeah. live. No, no. How about you, Johan? You ever see Winger? They ever get up to Sweden? No, Victor. Nope. Ah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I, of course, I saw them several times back in the day when they were, you know, uh, the original band and and then uh, the pole band. But I've seen them a few times since they've kind of gotten back together. Saw them in a really small club here in Salt Lake. And I musically, uh, they just blew it apart. I mean, those guys are such great musicians, and they were so tight. And Kip, Kip is a great singer still. I mean, he's still just hitting everything. So, uh, yeah, and, yeah. Don't don't hesitate to go see him. Don't. I feel like they were done wrong back in the end of the '80s, and don't deserve the the tags that they get uh, as far as the, you know, I don't know, pop metal or whatever but uh they're really they're really really good fun fun to see live so there you go excellent um as far as the uh, skid road track um just circling back to that I, I do think that it sounds like something that could have been on their first two albums so i think it's definitely what they're going for i mean the the reason to get nick Raskolinix to produce your album is to gets you back on track basically he's done that with rush he's done that with so many other bands over the years so i think he's the perfect guy to do that um yeah neither one of the two songs have really knocked my socks off i think they've been as rob has said they've been decent not terrible so i think they're doing the the job as to uh what they're looking for 
So, um, so yeah, so, so we'll see with the upcoming tracks, um, where they go with this. Uh, the other thing that I listed that, uh, I guess the, the biggest news this week is the, um, at the, at the moment reported Pantera rumors that there's going to be a, a Pantera tour taking place with up until yesterday, we didn't know who would be on drums and guitar, but now the new rumor is that. It will be Zach Wild, who is somebody who had been rumored for a very long time. And on drums, Charlie Benante of Anthrax. Um, my initial thought is that if they go out and do this as like the Cavalera brothers do, uh, like I've seen them as Return to Roots, for example, with where they played the entire Roots album. Uh, if they go out and call it a night of Pantera or something like that, initially I wouldn't have an issue with that. Now, here's the thing. I've had people say to me today, you know, uh, much like other bands, they own the name. So people shouldn't have a problem with them using it. And also if they use the Pantera name, it will be easier for them to book shows um, in my opinion, the flip side to that is that the two guys that wrote everything are dead, which are Diamond Vinny. Um, yes, Rex Brown gets writing credit on everything. But if you've heard Rex Brown's solo album, if you've heard that second Kill Devil Hill album, uh, which is the one where he got his mitts on and helped write music on, he was definitely no Jimmy Bain. Um, so Rex isn't that good of a songwriter, uh, you know, Vinny, Vinny and, and Dime were now with me saying that Zach and Charlie are the main songwriters in Anthrax BLS. And if you want to take it one step further, he's helped co-write a lot of these Aussie classics that a lot of people love. So if you have, if you bring guys into the band with the idea that you're going to be recording music outside of touring. I think they probably picked the right two guys to bring in because of that, because they'll be able to write good stuff for the band. Now, does this mean that 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 Ozzy tour, which was supposed to take place next year, isn't happening because Ozzy won't tour? Is Zach gone from um, Ozzy's touring lineup? And finally, does Anthrax go on pause or do they bring in other drummers to play uh, in Charlie's absence while he's playing with Pantera? Um, let's see. Uh, Jeremy, what do you think? Okay. Well, my, my only comment on all of this is um, about Zach. Uh, and you mentioned about, you know, touring with Ozzy. And as far as I'm concerned, that Ozzy isn't going to tour again. And I think he probably knows that in his mind that it's a very uh, unlikely scenario to appear on Ozzy's albums and, you know, collab collaborate with the music side. But I think he realizes that, you know, we, I think we all realize that the chances of Ozzy now touring uh, are extremely slim. And if it's ever going to happen, it's not going to happen for a year down the road until he's better right. again. So, my only comment on it is that you can see why, you know, Zach wants to be involved and 
and uh, would back away and not even think about what he's going to do with Aussie. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Okay. Johan, your opinion? Uh, my opinion is that uh, this is a good thing. Mm-hmm. We uh, Next year at European festivals, we will both see Anthrax or and uh, Pantera uh, because they will have a similar thing. Uh, that's a good thing. I think it will be, uh, it's good. Uh, this is something that uh, we, the audience, has been waiting for. Uh, perhaps not me, but uh, a lot of younger who want to see Pantera and hear Pantera songs live. Uh, and uh, to be honest, this is, uh, I mean, this will sound good. There are good players in this band. Yeah, the only yeah, problem yeah. is uh, Phil Anselmo. If he's sober and hasn't smoked too much weed, uh, yeah. So, actually, only good. Both Anthrax and Pantera probably at festival bill festival bills next summer in Europe. Okay, yeah. Brad, do you have an opinion on this? Yeah, yeah. First of all, I want to say that I, I like Bob's attitude. He says, I, I will go see it. Can't wait. Because pretty much everything I've heard from the Pantera diehard people is that this is blasphemy, what these guys are doing. Uh, right. How dare they? And, I, you know, you wonder, like, how much how much of the uh, concert going public are that group and how much are in the Bob group. But it's like, oh, I like Pantera. I would go see this. So it's kind of kind of like what's going on with Kiss and the people that are really pissed off about what right. they're doing. Um, which to me, this is totally different because you're. I mean, I mean there's some other underlying issues here that people have. Yes. Uh, you know, which you, you can probably discuss that. Uh, so I don't know, man. I'm not. I'm not a big Pantera fan. I, I uh, you know respect their music and and what they do. Uh, I had a guy put me in the backseat of his car for about 40 minutes and played nothing but Pantera that louder than I'm comfortable listening to music at. And that kind of did me for Pantera for a while, pretty much forever, actually. Uh, but I can't say it was awful. It was just like, okay, I've had enough. I've had enough. I've had enough. Okay. Um, and I like to rock. You know that. Right. I, I do like to rock. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out and what happens and if they do, how big a tour they do. And how much of a commitment it would be to these other guys to join this? And I mean, Charlie, I find the most interesting one because you would think Anthrax is going to be doing stuff, right? But, and I can't. It, I mean, Anthrax certainly has played with other drummers, right? Uh, yeah, but that you know that's due I mean, to Charlie's uh, carpal tunnel issues, right? Um, right. So they've played with Gene Hoagland. They've played with John Deddy. As well, they've played with Jason Bittner, and I may be missing someone, but yes, they, they have yeah, played that, drummers. Yeah, that sounds like a trivia question. Mm, Tuesday. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like if, if I was Charlie, I, I think I'd be committed to Anthrax more than anything. So if there's any bit of a conflict, I'd be like, no, guys, I can't do this. I I, I got to stick with my band, but. I don't know. Uh, we'll we'll see what what kind of a commitment they're looking at. If they're just going to go to Europe and uh, do uh, some festivals over there, then you know maybe it'll work out. Yeah, could be. 
Johan, do we have enough time to talk about Sweden Rock, or uh, we we have a little more than 15 minutes, or uh, would you prefer to to hold off on your report? Uh, I just wrote to you in Messenger. Uh, now we take it the next time. I have I have uh, big notes here, so we. <laughs> <laughs> No, we don't rush through Sweden Rock. Yeah, uh, I, did, I didn't want to rush through it, so I wanted to make sure. I wanted to ask you beforehand, and I don't want to cut you off once uh, once Nikki comes on. I don't want you to be halfway through and be like, "Oh well, uh, Johan, uh, we'll save the other half." So, so we'll do um, Sweden Rock at a, at another point in time. Um, is, is there anything else that, uh, you guys want to discuss real quickly, uh, these last 15 minutes of the show here? Mm-hmm. Probably is, but it's hard to, well, what, do, what do you guys think about, um, Nita Strauss leaving Alice Cooper's band and mm-hmm. now officially joining Demi Lovato's band? Now I, I yeah. know from someone years ago who had been playing who supposedly all right supposedly this guy played on a metal album that demi lovato had recorded and at the time both disney and her management would not allow her to release this album because she had a squeaky clean image um squeaky clean image to the public meanwhile she had apparently written this album after uh, having a misadventure with her health. I'll just leave it at that because I don't want to get into any problems, but uh, she's had issues with certain substances over the years. And apparently she wrote this album with a band that was from um, uh, upstate New York because they weren't allowed to put this album out. What I was told was that they were playing smaller, small venues. They would come in and change the name of the band, and she would come out with with a wig on and stuff to disguise who she was. And then about a year after this, management and Disney whisked her away to something else, and basically they said, no, project's dead. There's nothing else that's going to happen. So it doesn't surprise me that all these years later that she would bring Nita in and that Nita has canceled everything. Um Online people are having a big problem with this because, oh, how dare she leave Alice Cooper for for something like this? But think about it. Uh, Demi Lovato is someone who is who's big with a younger crowd. Um, She transcends music and the ability to not only tour, but possibly write music with with her is probably going to put a lot of money in in Nita's pocket. Probably more than being, you know, the sixth member in Alice Cooper's band, which essentially she is. So, um, <laughs> anyway, well, uh, Johan, congratulations for being on vacation and your and your grappa there. Um, any thoughts on this on this situation with Nita leaving Alice's band? Johan, go ahead. Yeah, I'm curious. Uh, I read uh, something about this, but I don't know uh, who who she is leaving for. Okay. Is she famous? Yes. She was on she's a Disney actress who was part of a bunch of different Disney TV shows and movies 
she's very well known, especially in the United States and with people that are uh, probably under 30. She's very famous. Mm-hmm. So, okay. you know, not- I, I know who she is and look how old I am. So there you go. <laughs> was she was she part of the group that was on Barney the Dinosaur when I was watching it with my daughter? Because there was quite a few famous people that came off that show. And I think Miley Cyrus came off that. And I think Demi Lovato was another one. It could be because they're in the same sort of age group. And I know a lot of like those people went to Disney and have slowly splintered off. Obviously, Miley Cyrus kind of did her her thing first because they kind of couldn't control her, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But but yeah, um, I I don't know. I'll, I'll have to look that up. But I think I, it was, I, there were quite a few who, who made it famous from that show. I think you know at the time because they're all. Is Brad? I just I just did a Google search, and uh, first thing Google responded was uh, "really" with a question mark, um, and I said, "Okay, if you really want to know about her, yeah, she definitely was on Barney, right? Two thousand two to two thousand four. Yeah. Right? So yeah, that's when I was watching with my daughter <laughs> when she was young. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah." Yeah. I think there were quite a few who came off that show. Um, you know, real famous people now who um, started on there. Um, yeah. But the, but the interesting thing I just like to add into that. I mean, I saw Alice Cooper very recently uh, live, and um, you know, it's quite a show. There's a lot of people involved, um, and she was good. I mean, I you know, I thought she was really good live, and and did some great great guitar work, some great soloing. But she wasn't. You know, I mean, she was in a way kind of making herself sort of center stage when she was up there sort of doing her stuff. But, you know, you can imagine that Alice Cooper's bigger than that. You know, people were there to see Alice. They're there to see the show. And you could have put in any guitarist to do that stuff. Uh, So she's not going to be a major loss for him. And it's probably a great step for her. So it's it's kind of a it's almost a win win situation. I mean, Alice will replace her with somebody else and it won't matter. Um, so, been, you know, I think it's a good move all around. So what are you saying? Yeah, she's been replaced already. He's bringing Kane Roberts back into the band. Okay. Right, yeah. Uh, who was in the band uh, during the 80s for the, um, what's the name of the album? Uh, Raise Your Fist and Yell, I think, is the one album. And the other one's Constrictor, could it be called, possibly? Um, and Alice basically said, you know, that he's happy for her and that the Alice Cooper band is a revolving door where members can come and go and that Kane is going to be playing with him for this all run. And actually that lineup that Kane was in is where um, Kip Winger uh, first came from and Paul Taylor actually, who ended up in Winger. Both of them were part of Alice Cooper's band at that point in time. That, that was, that was his band at that point in time. Um, so, yeah. So, and, and as Bob is saying, it'll be a nice paycheck for, for Nita. I mean, I don't, I don't blame someone for, for doing that. And a lot of people, again, they're, they're bothered by it. Oh, how could she leave a legend? But again, she's the third guitarist in the band, <laughs> you know, um, there's, there's, you know, there's another five people up on stage with her that you have to, divide all that up. And in all these years, you know, finally Alice is going to release an album with his touring band. 
now, you know, after all these years, she's been in his band, I think six or seven years at this point. There's people like Glenn Sobel, who's been in the band for like 10, who's not appeared on an Alice Cooper album. So, uh, I mean, good on them for finally doing that. And, you know, she's probably going to be, if not Demi's main songwriter, you know, one of her main songwriters that are going to help, you know, put together some of her future music. So, you know, I, I get it 100%. So, um, other thing that uh, we could bring up here real quickly um, I'm already seeing a backlash from people that uh, Metallica's Master of Puppets was used during Stranger Things with uh, people complaining, oh, now we're going to have all of these posers um, wearing Metallica T-shirts and showing up at, you know, Comic-Cons dressed as Metallica characters. I don't I get that. I, you know, um Again, I, I always think about what Michael Kiska from Halloween said to me. He said that when he first, you know, listened to rock music and got into heavy metal, it was about rebellion, about there being no rules. And he said, you know, nowadays there's more rules than the Bible. So <laughs> he said that it was kind of dumb that people weren't accepting, easily accepting of other people. You know that were that were to come into the uh, the genre, so I I don't get this instant hate of people not liking. It. And look, you know I I get it. There's a lot of backlash with like the Kardashians wearing Exodus T-shirts and stuff like that. But again, what does that mean to one of those bands if the Kardashians wear a T-shirt and then all of a sudden 500 kids rush out and buy an Exodus T-shirt because of that? That's good for the band. Mm. You know, that's that's just their uh, they're a billboard and helping promote that band, helping promote metal. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't I don't understand the gripe that people have. There's there's a lot of the, the term is gatekeeping with people wanting to to keep people out of the club. But w- what do you guys think of this whole thing? Johan, what do, what do you think about it? Ah, I think it's great for uh, younger people to discover our music. Um, yeah. Like um, Kate Bush running up that hill. Same thing. Huge thing now mm-hmm. from Stranger Things. So it's only good. Only good. Yeah, yeah. I agree 100%. Jeremy, what do you think? Yeah, I could only echo the same thing. I mean, you know, we want. Um, the youngsters to listen to our stuff. We, it's a great thing. The bands will want it, um, and why not? You know, um, you know, there's no, nothing wrong in it. Is there really? Um, totally agree with you. Man. It, it makes it cool too. You know, it's not the same seeing a bunch of sixty-year-old guys playing it on stage as having these young kids interpret it in in this show. So, you know, the, these kids probably don't have never seen Metallica themselves. You know, they're, they're hearing the song as it's played in the, in the show. I've, I haven't gotten past the first few episodes of the season yet, so I don't know exactly how it, how it plays out. But, um, mm. yeah, seeing these kids play it will probably turn them on easier to Metallica than actually seeing Metallica in 2022 you know seeing seeing an old guy on stage them saying ah what do i you know 
I want nothing to do with this old guy. Whereas they see a kid that's supposed to be a high schooler playing it, then, you know, it, it opens the door a little bit easier for them. Brad? Yeah, I, I haven't seen the episode yet. Uh, I saw the first half of this uh, last season. Um, my son immediately alerted me to what was going on, though. He says, Dad, you got to see this. Uh, and I think Jeremy's going to agree with me that they really should have done a Saxon song. So that's, <laughs> <Yeah>. that's <laughs> really needs to be, you know, it needs to be out there in the public. Metallica doesn't need any help. They don't, they don't need people to know about them. Everybody knows about Metallica. That's true. Not, not enough people know about Saxon. So. Well, let's, <laughs> let's, let's be honest. What is easier to sell? The, the biggest push. <laughs> Kate Bush. All right. All right. No, no. I mean, that, that's a perfect example. It's like, who the hell? People don't know about Kate. I mean, uh, uh, anyway. I yeah. knew about Kate Bush. That's one of the well, things. I knew about her, but uh, it wasn't off. a positive thing. <laughs> now it is. Well, um, the, the other thing, too, is I'm surprised that uh, for anyone that's kind of in the know, placebo covered running up the hill in during the nineties, which was a huge hit for them as well. So it's funny that all of a sudden, Oh, we're hearing this song for the first time after 40 years. No, it was also a hit 30 years ago, you know, in the nineties. So classic rock played it all the damn time. But um, yeah. Anyway, so we're about to wrap up the first hour of the show uh, before we bring Nikki law on uh, any parting words from you guys about this week in music? Well, just uh, happy to uh, to see you all, guys, and to uh, hopefully that someone is listening that uh, feel the same way that we do. Just uh, enjoy and uh, pure happiness. Yeah. You you can tell Johan is starting off his vacation and is feeling very good tonight. So yeah, there you go. Um, Jeremy, any parting words on your behalf? No, I'm just going to play a lot of Swedish rock and metal for Johan this week because it's, it's holiday time. So why not? There you go. Brad, I know that you're under the weather. Hope you feel better soon. Anything on, uh, on your end? No, th- but thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I got it every day. I want to wake up feeling better. So uh, hopefully tomorrow's the big day. Uh, have a big my big uh, retirement party at work Monday. That's uh, looks like it's going to be quite a shindig. So we'll see how that goes. Hopefully, I'll be uh, feeling well for that. And I, I'm just glad to be here with you guys. I miss you guys. So thank you. Well, we we miss you as well. And and Brad is to, is your surprise party when they tell you that you need to stay on until the end of the year. <laughs> yeah, that's probably what's going to happen. <laughs> 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 yeah, that, that ain't gonna happen. No, no. it's we'll this see. is it. This is we're we're done, done, and done. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Awesome. Thank you guys, uh, as usual. Uh, for anyone that's listening to the podcast version of this, this concludes uh, this episode. And check out the uh, next uh, episode for my interview with Nikki Law. See you guys uh, in two weeks. for listening to the Mars Attacks podcast. This concludes our show. 